breakaway. Huberto walks in, makes a move, and he scores! Jonathan Huberto! And he scores! Alexander Markov! What a move! He's giving the Panthers the lead once again! Welcome to Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Florida Panthers. Here are your hosts, Jameson Olive and Doug Plakins. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Florida Panthers, presented, as always, by our friends over at Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers. And today in studio, a mobile studio, we're coming to you <laughs> live from the Panthers' sin bin. A lot of action going on at the arena today. There's no off-season in hockey. A lot of a lot of hammers being uh, hammered over there, a lot of action, a lot of music, a lot of a lot of drill sounds. I don't know what's going on here, but a, lot's, day. a lot's going on. So we, we're, we've moved back to our old studio at the sin bin. We, this is a mobile <laughs> studio, like I said. So it might be a bit echoey because it's a little empty in here right now. It some is. renovations going on. But today, uh, for the first time in a little bit here, Katie Gaw is joining me. Katie, how's it going? Jameson, thanks for having me. It's great to be back. And as always, a pleasure to be joining everyone on one of the best podcasts, if not the best podcast in South Florida. One of the best podcasts internally hosted by the Florida Panthers that often features myself, Doug Plagans, and you. Yes. In that category. Oh, but I'm not there. biased. No. Um, but yeah, and Doug right now on vacation in the Bahamas, knowing Doug, he's probably going to post nothing on his social media. <laughs> you never know he went. He's going to um, have an amazing tan, though. <laughs> well, he already has him. He's, 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 he's a good tanner. He gets tan easy. Yes. Um, but Katie, you're, you're taking a break from your other show around the NHL with Randy Muller and Katie Gauze, the, the more national-leaning show. If you haven't mm-hmm. had a chance, go subscribe to that show. It's separate from the Panthers Podcast Network around the NHL with Randy Moeller. Search for it on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you find it. Pete Blackburn, the most recent episode. Coming up soon, though, a draft episode with Chris Peters, formerly of ESPN, now uh, just a, a hockey prospect wizard with his own site. Yes, Hockey Sense, and we chat with him. We've got a new episode coming out in the next week that certainly is giving people a lot of insight into, you know, not just this Panthers world, but the world of the NHL and the NHL draft and Chris knows better than anyone who the prospects you've got to be watching for are and even gives us a little taste of who Panthers fans might be expecting so certainly something for everyone on that one and we'll get into that a little bit later Katie and I each have one prospect we're going to talk about because this year more than ever we really don't know much going into the draft obviously yes. we know guys and the ranges guys usually fall in are a lot wider than they used to be you used to look at a guy with all the information they have and say this guy could go anywhere from 10th to 15th in the draft this year it's kind of Maybe anywhere from ten to thirty, he's in yeah, that range. Yeah, we're more going by rounds. Yes, this obviously, with, with with all the you know the lack of scouting this year, uh, just the lack of games compared to normal years with COVID nineteen going a lot on. Of video. Very very different this year. It's going to be an opportunity for a lot of scouting staffs to flex their muscles, though. And given how well the Panthers have done, especially last year, that draft were looking great. Uh, when all the new people, also that Bill Zito brought in here at the Panthers, uh, we expect good things. Probably going to see good things. Really excited about it. Uh, but we'll get to that in a bit. And then next week's episode, we're going to push it to Thursday because obviously the expansion draft. On Wednesday, we're going to want to look back at that, and it's also kind of you know kind of be our last draft preview. So we'll get we'll get into a lot more prospects next week on Thursday as well as looking back at the expansion draft. So this week, we'll talk about one guy each, you know, you know dip our toe in the water a little bit. But also this week's about our guest uh, Jeff Chikrin, who we all know and love from the love. Florida Panthers broadcast on Bally Sports Florida, a coworker of Katie Gauze on the broadcast, uh, former NHL second round pick of the uh, Philadelphia Flyers back in 1984. His son, Jacob, selected by the Arizona Coyotes uh, with a 16th overall pick in 2016. So a family of hockey players there. Uh, Jake's coming off a great season with the Coyotes. Uh, got some Norris votes, uh, playing really well over there. So he's not a Panther, but he's a part of the extended Panthers family. We yes. do root for Jake over there in Arizona, especially also just knowing you know we'll never play the Yotes in an important game.
game until the Stanley Cup <laughs> final. And I would take a Yotes Panther Stanley Cup final any day of the week. Absolutely. That'd be fun. Cats and dogs. I, I'm rooting for that one day. Uh, so we root the for him here. The beach versus the desert. That, two different types of sand there. A lot of sand. Sand to be sand. So I'm rooting <laughs> for that. But we do have, of course, uh, Jeff Trickin on the show today. But Katie, I got to ask before we get to that that interview with Jeff, who uh, talks to us from his cottage up in Ottawa, oh. um, which just sounds like heaven. It's Randy, so, Randy Moeller specifically, so nice. when he found out we were getting Jeff on, was like, oh, you got to ask him about the cottage. <laughs> oh, he sends me photos of all that cottage. So It I, looks incredible. A lot of people have cottages in Canada, but it seems like Jeff definitely has one of the better views. It yes, seems like, talking right to on the lake, according to his wife's Instagram, Nancy posting a gorgeous photo that made me <laughs> want to just be a part of their extended family and join them up there with the bonfires. It, it sounds like a great time. So before we get to uh, Chick here, I just want to ask, do you have any, uh, just what your experience has been like with Jeff on the broadcast? Because he's just the nicest guy in the world. And I know you don't always directly engage with him on the broadcast. You kind of more go through Randy and Goldie, but of course you, yeah. you do talk quite a bit. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, working with Jeff's just an absolute treat. And his my favorite thing about him is that when he talks about it, his excitement is so genuine. There's a lot of broadcasters who who obviously know what they're talking about, former players having so much experience to share. But Jeff brings a very special amount of genuine passion and, and truly is excited and truly loves this team when he's talking about it. And you'll hear that when we chat with him about next this upcoming season uh, in the interview. But just a genuine infectious excitement that I think viewers really enjoy. I really enjoy because I think our broadcast team is, you know, we're not biased, but we're certainly big fans. And so we, we, we aren't afraid to let our, uh, our passion for the team show. In, in those big moments and uh, certainly he bested me uh, in Light the Lamp this year by quite a <laughs> Who bit. Who won Light the Lamp? Uh, Goldie won. Oh, but the Jeff, gold Jeff and Jeff and Jovo were right up there with some solid picks and uh, I was at the uh, bottom of the barrel this year with Team Sideline but a little bit of an unconventional season picking from the road without having that you know morning skate to, to really figure out who I wanted was was more difficult but uh, we love we love Jeff on the broadcast and uh, and me and Jess are big fans of his we we, we like to have a little camaraderie with that uh, team analyst as we go up against Goldie Randy and uh, and team host. Yeah, for those uh, <laughs> listeners out there that don't know, uh, Jeff Chikrin, obviously, like we said, a second-round pick of the Flyers back in 1984. Never played for the Panthers, but after he retired, he did move down here and just became such a part of this community. He was a coach at the Panthers Ice Den. Well, it's the Panthers Ice Den now. It's been a, a couple things before yes. that, but he was a coach here for a lot of junior teams, the junior Panthers, a lot of players. You Coached know, a lot of Chase Prisky, NHL Riley guys. Stillman, yeah. Shane Gossesbear, all those guys, no chick. They all play, you know, played you know, for him at some point mm -hmm. on their road to the NHL, going to the junior Panthers. And of course, it's just great because of all that, that when you see Jake now having the, the career he's having over in Arizona, it's, uh, he's from Boca Raton. So it's just nice to also have the, the, the Florida DOB right there exactly. to, to, to help grow the game down here. So it's really nice. But we, we've teased it already. But, uh, you know, Katie, like we said, uh, great interview here coming up with Jeff Chikorin. We talk about the draft. We talk about being a hockey dad. We talk about the excitement for next season. So we get to a lot of good stuff here with Jeff. And, of course, uh, Territory Talk presented, as always, by our friends over at Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers. Let's get into that interview with Jeff Chikorin right now. All right, well, Chick, thanks for taking the time to join us here. Katie and I still in South Florida. You're a bit abroad right now. Uh, just tell us, what have you been up to? Where, where are you right now? Hey, guys. Well, I, I, we, we drove north uh, to Ottawa. Uh, we actually planned our trip around, you know, constantly watching a fluid situation with the border. And uh, mm -hmm. fortunately, as of um, July 5th, fully vaccinated Canadians were able to come across the border uh, and not have to quarantine in place for 14 days uh, for the first time in about 18 months. So we crossed the border on July 5th and was able to have my family up this weekend up to our cottage here. We got, we're about uh, 40 miles just west of 
actually Canadian Tire Center where the Ottawa Senators play. Mm. And we've got a couple acres on the lake here. So it's our little bit of utopia <laughs> for Nancy and I. And uh, yeah, so uh, the whole family's here right now. Jacob's heading to Arizona uh, actually tomorrow uh, for to finish this training for the season. And uh, But my daughter lives here in Ottawa, so she's hanging out with us and, and working virtually. So it's been great. And Chick, cottage culture is a big part of the hockey world. Uh, obviously, when summer comes, whether you're a broadcaster, whether you're a player, it seems like anyone that's from Canada has that cottage they go to in the summer. When did you get, the, like, when, when was your first cottage? When did you kind of start doing the summer cottage experience? <laughs> right. Well, I never had one as a kid. A lot of my friends did. Um, but we all, we had a, I, I'm Ukrainian descent, and we had a, our church, the Ukrainian Catholic Church here in Ottawa, we, we had a church camp just on, the Quebec side of the border. So about 40 minutes from my house. And we spent a lot of time up there, but we visited a lot of friends, cottages. And uh, it's funny. Uh, one of my doctors in Boca is from Hamilton, Ontario. And I was there right before we left. And he, he explained to an intern how cottage country in Ontario is a place where 10% of the people in Ontario own a cottage and 90% of the population shows up on weekends. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that somewhat describes what we do here at here at our place. My aunt, my wife Nancy, she loves gathering people, so keeps us all all bonded. You're living that lake life. I love it. What's the uh, what's like the go-to chicken family activity when you're at the lake? Is it bonfires? Uh, is, it, is it boating? What what, what do you what's cornhole the maybe? Any competitions? Yeah. <laughs> right. All of the above. All of the above. You know, we like to uh, we like to hop on the boat and go down to the marina. Uh, we're fortunate to have a place, a little restaurant up there, so we like to do that at night. We like to do. When the kids were little, we did a lot of tubing. Uh, my son's had a couple of knee injuries, so I don't let him near the water sports yeah. anymore. <laughs> my mom, my mom was the same way with my brother. Oh yeah, forget it. But uh, Jacob, he loves to do a lot of fishing. He bought a fishing boat a couple of years ago, and he goes out for hours at a time, and uh, just a lot of family time and close to the water. You know, one thing we like to do: we got a hot tub here. We like to ooh, hop in the ooh. hot tub around eleven o'clock at night, there and then go. take a cold swim. With a with the shampoo bottle and uh, ready for bed <laughs> after the bonfire. Considering how hot it is right now in South Florida, that sounds like heaven. That sounds like heaven, Jake. Oh, chick. I love that. Northern yeah, Lake. that's right. Every, every, any body of water that's here right. is currently a hot tub with yeah. how hot it is. <laughs> well, <laughs> chick, the reason idea. we wanted to get you on here, obviously today, was one to catch up. We miss you. We haven't seen you in a bit here since the season ended. But at the same time, of course, uh, the NHL draft coming up here next week, uh, and you kind of have two unique stories about the draft for both yourself and your son, Jake. Uh, so first, taking it back to, you know, 1984 uh, when you were drafted in the second Ooh. round uh, by the Flyers. Just take us through that day a little bit, that experience. You know, who was, you know, uh, Jeff Chikrin in 1984? Oh, I love it. Yeah. Yeah, isn't that funny? Seems like forever ago, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Um, so actually, I think you look the same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Katie. I appreciate it. Uh, our, uh, our, I tell everybody I have a face for radio, but our, uh, <laughs> our, our draft was, was the first one to be actually on television. It was 1984 in the Montreal wow. Forum. And, you know, a two-hour drive from Ottawa. I was actually born in Montreal, uh, but two-hour drive from, uh, from Ottawa to Montreal. And, and uh, you know, the anticipation for me was I, I played one year in the Ontario Hockey League. There wasn't a whole lot of of uh, pre-draft uh, hoopla, mm -hmm. not a lot of media coverage. I'd only met with maybe one hockey team over the phone. So really had no idea. I was uh, kind of a tall, lanky, skinny kid that uh, had played one year on the Ontario Hockey League. I thought I'd played quite well. And yeah. I, I, the, the, the things I heard, I could have been drafted, you know, anywhere from the fourth to maybe even the late first round. And 
So really I had no idea. I, I actually, uh, Ray Shepard and I, former Panther, we, we shared an agent, Larry Kelly. So we were actually sitting together in the Montreal forum. And I thought, I always thought we grew up together. I thought Shep was just a great, he did such a dynamic goal score. I thought he was going to go in the first round. And I remember when Winnipeg came by to draft in the second round, it was like the 30th pick. And Ray was convinced he was going there and they called someone else. I remember I, I was disappointed for him. I was just, yeah. you know, I, you know, I thought, oh man, you deserve to go. And then, and then the 36th pick overall, Quebec drafted Jeff Brown, who's a really close personal friend of mine. And, mm-hmm. and uh, I remember running down to where Jeff's parents were sitting and I shook their hand, ran back up to my seat. And all of a sudden the Philadelphia Flyers called timeout. I think it called another timeout because, Looking back, I think they were planning on picking Brownie at the 37th <laughs> spot. Oh, they had to regroup. <laughs> oh, yeah. And all of a sudden, uh, Philadelphia Flyers draft uh, from Kingston Canadians, and they're likely Jeff Chicken. Well, what a thrill. So I go storming down, and the first person to jump up was Mr. and Mrs. Brown, because I had just seen them <laughs> two minutes earlier. And, uh, yeah, so I went down to the table. And, and, you know, my first time, it was really strange, because I grew up a Toronto Maple Leafs fan. So hated the Philadelphia Flyers. Yeah. You know, Bobby Clark, Bobby Clark ran that tough old crowd. And, and man, he was the first guy I met when I got to the table. So uh, quite a turn of events. I actually went to at our, at our, uh, we had an alumni golf tournament and, um, and uh, actually a, a, a charity hockey game, which we played against the Warriors as the Florida Panthers alumni does quite often. And so that was on our drive up up from uh, two weeks ago, we stopped in Philly. And I remember saying to my son, I said, I feel so blessed to be part of this organization because the alumni is so strong. But, um, you know, you look, you look back uh, 30 some years later and uh, just really blessed to have had, had some time in hockey and, and uh, you know, continue lucky enough to be hanging around with the Florida Panthers and um, hopefully, hopefully spreading my love of the game to some people in South Florida. Oh, no question, Jack. I think you do a great job of that. And you've done it from, you know, from the youth hockey level all the way to the broadcast level. But you've also got a really unique perspective because, I mean, to go through any draft once like that is personally so exciting. But I wonder if maybe you even enjoyed it more going through it and watching your son get drafted. I'd love to hear about just what it was like for you to be on the other side, the parent side of uh, sitting in the sitting in the crowd and, and, and sitting around waiting for the call. And just, you know, what, what was that like? Wow. You, you know what, Katie, they need to write a book on because it's so easy to put yourself in that third person and, and, and give other parents advice mm-hmm. and how, how to handle things and, and the parental emotions they go through, not just the, the draft year, but then actual sitting through it. And, and I mean, we're so blessed to do it, but it was, I have to tell you, it was an extremely, I didn't enjoy it as much as I should have. It should have been a much more <laughs> uh, less stressful time. Yeah. Fortunately with my son, it, things t- turned out so well. He loves Arizona. Um, just a, a great place, great young group core of people. But um, it was, uh, you know, he had, a, he had a shoulder injury going into his draft year and, and the expectations were quite high. He was ranked number two behind Austin Matthews going into the, going into the season. And then he just never felt right, uh, really up until February after coming off that injury. So uh, his hockey certainly picked up at that point. But Looking back, it was it was really an amazing an, an amazing year to see to see all the people and, and and the focus you know people going into Sarnia to see him play and sort of following him around the entire hockey league. It was 
it was, it was something that I didn't really experience because we didn't have, like I said before, the media coverage right. and, and that sort of microphone microscope. Mm-hmm. So to see him handle everything so well, and then and then, um, you know, really he, he went probably much later than he anticipated. But to see him handle it so well and just really take the high road when he got there and just realize how fortunate he was to to go to a club that really wanted him was uh, really special. We look back really fondly now. Um, once once we get over ourselves <laughs> and uh, and uh, you know push our egos aside and everything, it was really a great moment in all of our lives because we were all together. Grant, my Grant, my dad, uh, you know Jake's best friend Zach Greenwood from Florida, my wife daughter and I, we were all there together. So it was really special. And obviously, you know, Chick, things are very different, you know, back in 2016 than they were in 84. I'm sure in 2016, everyone's on their cell phone, everyone's reading rumors, everyone's getting texts. And you being a former NHLer, you know, in the biz, I'm sure you have some connections. Was you, were you getting texts and things like that with little hints of, hey, Jake might go here, hey, this might happen? Were you kind of in the know on draft day? Um, maybe a little bit. Not so much because I was really, well, I'll tell you, Two stories. Number one, after the combine, I grew up with Steven Eisenman here in the PN. He's a year older than me, but we've known each other forever. And after the combine occurred, Steve actually sent me a text and he said, Chick, your wife must be a really good athlete. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think was a direct shot at me. I don't know if he meant my baseball skills or whatnot, but, but I thought that was a really good one. And, and it's interesting, uh, it was probably in early March maybe end of February, and I was walking around the concourse at BB&T at the Panther game, and I ran into Don Maloney. Donnie was presently, at that time, he was the general manager of the Coyotes. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said to me, and I think at that time, the Coyotes probably would have had the seventh or eighth pick, and he said, Chick, he said, uh, your son may fall to us. And I looked at him, and I said to myself, you don't have a snowball's chance, and you know what, I'm getting my son at number eight. <laughs> that was honestly, Katie, that was my, my mindset. Well, he ended up going 16th, so you never know what can happen yeah. in the draft. So it's kind of an interesting interesting time, and, and uh, you know, you try to take take my ego out of it, but sometimes it, uh, it rears its ugly head. So, But it was, uh, it was really interesting, a really interesting time. And kind of tied it all back together now, I got to ask, obviously, you know, Jake's coming off a, a great year. You know, he got quite a, quite a few Norris votes, actually, so this is a real breakout season for him. And for yourself, you got to cover an entire season of, you know, maybe the best, one of the best seasons in Panthers history with how good the team was this year. Just how much did that affect the mood, uh, you know, at the cabin right now or at the cottage, should I say? Is, everything <laughs> oh, yeah. just, is everyone just in a really great mood on vacation? We're, we're in a pretty good spot. <laughs> we're in a pretty good spot here emotionally. Uh, you know, it's nice. It's nice, you know, really talking to Jacob sort of about the season coming up. Um, he actually had a little surgery on his wrist uh, eight, nine weeks ago. So that's really come to a spot where he can really start to train full load now. Um, so we're, we're really happy about that. Um, but, you know, it's, it's interesting because now we, we sort of look at it, you know, you, you know, you have to be ready. Let's say they haven't really announced when training camp's going to start, but I'm hearing roughly around the 20th, 20th or 22nd of September. Mm-hmm. And so our conversations together, it's sort of, you know what, it's good to be ready for the 22nd, but it's like Mark Howe used to say to me, he used to get ready. This season started October 10th. <laughs> so whatever it, he needed yeah. to do to be ready for that first game, you sort of get to that point where he, he doesn't have to go in and earn his spot. He wants to go in and put up, you know, be in a great shape and, and get himself ready if you end up playing the next preseason game or not, and, and really be a good example for the other younger guys. But uh, it's sort of a different, 
different frame of mind and, uh, you know, really just getting yourself prepared for when that puck drops for real. And you mentioned it there when the puck drops, Chick, what are your feelings and excitement levels about this next season? I mean, there's so much buzz around everything the Panthers did this past season to know that they're bringing in some exciting, you know, key pieces with Anton Lundell potentially coming over and and being able to make this team just where, where are you at in terms of, you know, wanting to get back in that broadcast booth and get right back to where the Panthers left off? I can't wait. I, I think there's unfinished business. You know, I, I sort of signed off that last broadcast and, and they were shaking hands and, and uh, I wasn't really sure what to say, but I, one thing I brought up was, you know what? Congratulations to the Tampa Lightning, because when you lose to a team, you want to lose to what to the best team and let them go on and, and hopefully win. And you can say, wow, we didn't get as far as we wanted, but we lost to the best team this year. But I was looking at some of these, playoff stats here and and in six games Andre Vasilevsky was lights out the whole class yeah but I'm telling people all over the Ottawa Valley here that that there's without a doubt Florida, the uh, Florida Panthers were the toughest team the Tampa Bay Lightning played all playoffs and they're just going over the goals again uh Florida scored 17 goals against Vasilevsky in six games nobody was even close to that the yeah, Islanders had 11 goals in 11, 11 goals in seven games. Montreal scored six. Carolina scored nine. Nobody was even close. You look at the, the masterful job that they did. Just I was, go, I was actually writing down all the players they used throughout yeah. the season and just getting – they all made sizable contributions. I mean, the depth and, and the, the management that, the, that uh, Q and his staff did to keep everybody involved. And, and it just – you know, I, I, and imagine how difficult that is when you have that – big a taxi squad and, yeah. and everybody that stepped in even if it was for three or four games they, they made just a great uh, great contribution and, and you know you look at the playoff roster you know a couple injuries mm-hmm. you know sam bennett being out for a game or was it two i can't remember well, yeah the but one you game, look at yeah. even, it was one game you look at even a mason marchment going from the fourth line to the first line almost seamlessly yeah i think there's a i think there's a culture a tradition that's been that's been established Certainly, everybody Bill Zito brought in, like we talked about, has made great contributions. The leadership group, the the the, the culture that 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 Barkey and Hubie have, have sort of developed within that roster. Um, I, I just I I just think there's you know, and they played without Aaron Eckblad in the playoffs. Mackenzie Weger, Norris Trophy candidate. Yeah. I mean, just spectacular <laughs> season. Uh, yeah, Gustav Forsling. I mean, what a season he had. I mean, and and then you talk about the young guys, the great season Dave Tippett, uh, I'm sorry, um, Owen Tippett had. Right. Um, you know, Ryan Lomberg, uh, you know, all the all these players, Frank Vetrano, and, th- and then you look at the depth at center, you talk about Yuha Lamico and uh, E2 Lewis Duran, and who, who didn't play a whole lot in the playoffs, but 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 these guys, they're all pushing for jobs and pushing the guys to be better. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm, I'm really, I think you'd hear it in my voice. I'm pretty <laughs> yeah. excited to get back and, oh, yeah, and yeah. broadcast. Yeah, I step. think we could talk about it forever. I mean, I think we're all, I think <laughs> yeah. we're all feeling that way. Katie, it's endless. I, I actually sent, uh, I actually sent uh, George Richards a note just because he did a great rundown on the defenseman yesterday. Man, I mean, everybody played. There's almost 14 guys that there's 12 guys that, that made great contributions yeah. to this group. Well, Chick, I, I know you're excited. We're excited. And once again, thanks so much for taking some time to join us here today. We can't wait to see you back in South Florida uh, sooner than we probably know it. The, the, the yep. off-season's here. Uh, it's going by fast. Yeah, well, let's do it. And stay well and stay healthy, everybody. And I, I can't wait to get back. And, and thanks so much for having me. 
and thanks for letting you know bringing my family in a little bit. That I really appreciate that. Oh, guys. we, we love it, Jack. Thanks so much. Thanks a lot, guys. So big thanks there to Jeff Tricker for taking some time to talk to us. I the fact that you know, given that he is at such a nice cottage right now, enjoying such a nice family vacation, that's a valuable. 10 to 15 minutes he just gave us there. That's time that could have been spent on the lake, by the fire, fishing. So a big shout out to Chick. Uh, We really appreciate it. And of course, Territory Talk, as always, presented by our friends over at Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers. But Katie, like I said, we talked a bit about the draft there uh, with Chick, just his personal experience, but not the upcoming draft, not the draft as a whole. Uh, Like I said, next week's episode is going to be on Thursday. We're going to talk about the expansion draft. We're going to talk about the draft coming up over the weekend. That's going to be our big draft expose. There'll be a lot of news. And Doug Plagans will be back. We might get a better idea of how teams look and what teams are looking for and things like that. So this week, Reach, we're just going to dip our toe in the water again. We already did this last week with Shane Malloy. He gave us a couple names uh, uh, of guys that could follow the Panthers at 23. So if you haven't had a chance yet, go back to last week's episode. Shane Malloy, very insightful, great interview. You know, some great insights into what the Panthers could be doing at 23. But... You and I right here, just based on our own personal research, just based on what we think could fit with the Panthers. Our expertise. Our expertise. Well, <laughs> at this point, we've done so many drafts. We are kind of experts, I think, in a sense. And I like to think I, I know a little bit about the more, it. And more I than the average the, Joe. I love the draft, and I yes. love prospects, and that's one of the saddest things about these last few years is not having the draft. I love I know. I miss going to the draft. It's where we met. It's where we met, back when you were just a, a little USHL reporter, Katie Gauze. <laughs> so you and Spencer Knight, both coming up. It's my boy. Love to see it. But Katie, uh, you have a whole list here because you're also prepared for next week. So you had to pick one from your list for yes. this week. Uh, the Panthers on the clock, 23. Uh, what's going on? Who are they drafting? Ooh, um, I'm shooting for the stars with this choice. Keeping it local. Keeping it within my uh, my favorite league, which is the USHL and the USNTDP. I'm going you are with, biased. I am so biased. <laughs> I'm not afraid to admit it. I'm going with Sasha Pastajov of the USNTDP, a left wing or right wing, can kind of play either position. Could could very likely be picked before 23. A lot of the draft boards have him uh, a bit higher, but Florida native from Bradenton, a little bit north of here, dynamic offensive player, really good speed and great puck handler. And he's six foot 183 brings in that nice, solid size. He's committed to Notre Dame, so I, I also love the college hockey guys. If he does get an opportunity to play a little bit of time in college and then join the Panthers if we were able to select him, I love the way college prepares guys for this league. So that's my pick. Like I said, if we were to have him in our range, that'd be pretty incredible. Not sure it could happen, but that's who I'm going with, Sasha Pastajov from the USN The problem with Bradenton, though, that's that's a little bit, you know, that's that's West. Don't, I, that's, don't that's lightning country. Say it. Don't say it. That's lightning country. Uh, I don't know. Hey, Florida's Florida. We want to keep building that NHLer brand, and maybe we can, you know, show him that, you know, the Panthers are just way better. And the funny thing about this draft, too, is because, like I say, we're pick, uh, just based on the uncertainty surrounding it, we're picking guys that could go 10 picks before or 10 picks after. Yeah, it, I have no idea. That's what kind of makes these picks more fun, I think, this year, is you really could maybe hit the, the nail on the head this year. Yeah. You get to have more fun. We might be right. And on that, uh, those that know me know I love uh, when it comes to hockey and drafting. I'm a big fan of the Euros. Yes. Um, I just like. As are the Panthers. I, exactly. So this kind of ties in there as well. The Panthers, of course, love the Euros as well. You look back at recent drafts. Uh, Anton Lindell, first-round pick out of Finland. Grigory Denisenko, first-round pick out of Russia. So this is a team uh, that has a lot of scouting presence over there, likes the Euros, likes the path. And I like the path, too, just knowing that you can draft a guy and then he can sit and develop if you need him to over in a professional league overseas, yeah. whether it's the SHL, Liga, KHL. Those are great leagues for kids to develop 
developing and kind of, you know, really cut their teeth before they come over here to play against grown men in the toughest league in the world, the NHL. So I like Europeans. I like drafting Europeans. I like the development route. So uh, quite a few good ones to pick from here, obviously, in the first round. I was thinking first, possibly defensemen. There's a lot of defensemen that seem to be projected in the 20 to 30 range, maybe yeah. 15 to 30 range. Um, but the thing about that is I, I do like the current crop of Panthers young defensemen they have right now. I like John Ludwig. I like Max Gildon. Um, I, I like Vladislav Kolyachanik. So they have they don't necessarily have that 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 top top guy that that you know that that overall guy you look at and say that's the future number one defenseman. But they have yeah. a lot of good defensemen in their pipeline that could really make big strides over the next couple of years. And the thing about them is they're all also left shots, which. The whole left-right thing I don't think matters as much as it used to where you got to get a right, you got to get a left, you got to mm-hmm. have those those pairs like that. I mean, look at Mackenzie Weaver playing just, both sides this season. I was just, you just took the season. words out of my mouth. So a lot of guys are more, the you know, they're, they're better at doing that than years past. So, um, and that's the thing, a lot of the guys I did look at here for the first round were left shots. So do I really want to add another left shot to that pool when I already like the pool? You can. You can never have too many defensemen, especially since they take a bit longer to develop and you don't know what you're going to get. They're just like centers. And my list next week when we bring up some more guys, that'll have some defensemen on it. But for picking one, my kind of overall number one for this week, um, I'm going with Isaac Rosen. And Isaac Rosen, um, he is coming out of the SHL. He is Swedish. Yes. Um, 18 years old, kind of like your guy, can play the left and right side. 5'11", around 160 to 170, kind of in that range weight-wise. So undersized, but that doesn't matter anymore. No, look at Cole Coffey. Yeah, no, undersized for the past couple years now, undersized hasn't deterred anyone. It really doesn't matter anymore. Um, And you, you look at all the projections, it seems like anywhere from... 17 to 24, 25, when you go through all the different pre-draft projections. Yeah. So that's right in the Panthers' wheelhouse exactly. at 23. Uh, once again, we already said you might have to throw that out, though, this year with how things are going. But uh, he's a guy I think could be there and I like a lot. You know, great, great hands, great speed, and just an elite, pure goal scorer. The Panthers, of course, have goal scorers already in the pipeline. They have goal scorers on the ice right now. But you can never have too many goal scorers. That's the point of hockey, Katie, is to score goals. That's how you win the game. I also just like when a guy is described as a goal scorer. It's like, well, yeah, I hope so. <laughs> well, if he's a forward, I mean, definitely <laughs> a bonus. But, you know, if, if you're going to kind of take a swing there in the first round for a potential home run, you know, uh, Isaac Rosen, I like him a lot. I think he can put up a ton of goals uh, in the right opportunity. I like the speed. This is becoming a faster game, especially with the, you know, the speedy possession game the Panthers play. Uh, he seems to fit to that system, I think. I really like the the, the fit there if you, you know, project down the road a bit. Uh, but looking at this past season, uh, played 22 games in the SHL. Good experience. Obviously, like any 18-year-old kid in the SHL, he only had you know, a point or two, really didn't do much, but had the experience, which is what all, that's yeah, all that matters for jump. these kids. Um, and with their uh, the same team, Lex Sands, IF, their under-20 team, though, 12 points in 12 games, 7 goals. So the production against his own age group is there. And speaking of that, what I really liked about him was uh, his play at the U18 World Juniors, 7 goals in 7 games. Now that's a huge That's a big tournament. That's, that's big spotlight. For, yes, it's yeah. against kids your own age, but that's, that's a big test, and he passed with flying colors. Yeah. And he's a guy you think is probably going to play a prominent role for Sweden at the U20s coming up. Uh, really looking forward to seeing what he does there, if given the opportunity, which I imagine he will. Um, so yeah, uh, versatile winger, score, speedster. I, I think he fits the bill. I don't care that he's five eleven. No one should. Uh, big fan, big fan of Isaac Rosen. It's all about how they play too. I mean, size is just so much becoming less of a factor with the speed of players, the the changing in the style of the game in terms of physicality. And there are plenty of smaller guys out there that can play a big style and can be physical. I mean, you were a smaller forward yourself, right? I was a, I was a, I I played a little bit of everything. (laughs) 
<laughs> Mostly the penalty box. <laughs> uh, you're just a little pit bull. If you beat me, you're getting tripped. That's how it goes. <laughs> That's just how it would be. So. Ban- banned in many rinks around the U.S., Katie Gazas, for her for <laughs> unorthodox play. But no, the, so two guys right there, you know, I, I, I like them a lot. I yeah. think I'd be happy with either of those guys. And like I said, that was only two guys. Doug's going to be back on next week. We're probably going to go through maybe... 10 total guys between us next week. So we got to hit one out of the 10, you'd think. You would think. If we don't, oh well. But then again, Bill Zito's already proven before that he is, you can't predict what Bill Zito's going to do, but all you can all you can do is believe it's going to work because it's worked, you know, perfectly thus far. Uh, so all confidence in BZ heading into this draft. We know he's yeah, going to bring home another good one. But um, Katie, that about wraps it up for this week's episode of Course Territory Talk, as always presented by our friends over at Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers. Uh, any closing remarks before we uh, sign off here in, in your initial return episode? This will be back-to-back episodes coming up uh, here for you on the on the broadcast. Yeah, it's pretty exciting to be here twice. Jeez, uh, I mean, we always tend to end these with uh, some type of an interesting conversation, but I'm I'm kind of. I saw Black up Widow with, last night. Like the the spy, a real one? No, no, no. The the Scarlett Johansson. Oh. <laughs> I thought you meant a spider. No, no, like the movie, the, actual... the Marvel movie. Oh. No, I'd be I'd, I'd be a lot more. I, I wouldn't mean, have I was, said it. I, I wouldn't have said it that calmly. Well, I didn't know they even lived here. I don't think they do. We have brown recluse spiders. Yes, those are bad. Those are bad. Yeah, I'm not a big. Uh, not a big spider gal. Yeah, but I'm also like the designated bug killer in my family. If <laughs> you, not every, I don't, every family's got one. Every family's got the one family that, that can run to the bathroom, get the toilet paper, and just squish the bug. Not even that. Like I'm like I would be like the bug killer. The sand, sandal slapper. Remover, How are you killing the bug? Like, sandal slapping. Toilet paper, I'm like a newspaper rolled up newspaper. Oh, that's kind that's, of a, that's vintage. That's yeah, vintage bug school. killing. <laughs> but I also like I like the I'm just like the exterminator. Like got a mouse in the house, call Katie. Got a like a raccoon. Like I would I would genuinely be down to remove just all about critters any and type of critter. Should should look out for Katie Goss. Snakes, you know. We gotta get you a sponsorship with like orchid or something. <laughs> Get your own personal extermination deal. Katie Gauzy Exterminator. I would, I would do it, too. I would do the commercial. Like get me in the gear. Get me out in, out in, the, out in the, the Everblades. I mean, I'll do it. But, yeah, so I'm sure some listeners are listening right now on either Wednesday or Thursday thinking about going to the movies this weekend, thinking about seeing Black Widow. I'm going to give it a solid 6.5 out of 10. I was not super confident. N- enjoyable funny. enough. It's a Marvel movie, so the, the, the floor is very low on Marvel movies. You'll go in, you'll enjoy it, but I, the rewatchability, probably not going to rewatch it a ton. Got some laughs, some good action, 6.5, not not changing the game. Can I just say something? I've never seen a Marvel movie. Like, I don't think I've ever seen one. Now, if I know you also don't watch a ton of TV. Because if you watch TV, it'd be impossible to avoid them. Because they're on TV all the time. But you yeah. kind of stick to your, your I, areas. As Ryan would say, I like to watch things on my laptop. He bought me a nice TV, and I still... Just use my computer. For those of you who don't know, Ryan is Katie's boyfriend, a recurring character of reference on this yes. show. And big fan. He bought me a television, and I still just, I just, the comfort of popping open my computer and just Googling whatever I want and finding a illegal version of something. I mean, I just like to watch my shows the difficult way, I guess. It's yeah. The best way to put I, it. I never understand the people that watch full shows on their phone at home. Oh, my, on your phone. My fiance be- does that. I can't explain how stressful that oh my gosh like the tv's right there but like you're watching on your phone laptop's one thing phone no no that can't be good for you it can't be it can't be i've already got bad eyesight i don't (laughs) need that kind of stress (laughs) i like you're like yeah before we do the show we usually close out with something random and i'd say this was sufficiently random agreed we covered critters (laughs) bugs black widow movies the movie all within a span of probably four minutes that's a good that's a good outro right there for the fans but uh (laughs) once again big thanks to jeff chicken for joining us can't wait to see him when he gets back here to south florida can't wait to see what 
prospects the Panthers bring to South Florida at next week's draft. And, of course, next week, like we said, Thursday is going to be our post-expansion, pre-regular prospects draft here at Territory Talk with Doug, Katie, and myself. Uh, we're going to talk a lot of prospects. Uh, I'm sure we'll have a couple laughs as well, like we always do. So make sure to check that out next week. But for this week, I'm Jamison Olive. She's Katie Gauze. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening to Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Florida Panthers. For all your Panthers news and information, follow FLA Panthers on Twitter.